Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. J.J. Cooper back again on another Baseball America Draft podcast. And just as we did earlier this week, it is me, and I'm happy to be joined by Pramana CEO and co-founder Corey Patton because we are going to talk about DraftPoint. DraftPoint is Corey's company has built DraftPoint, which uses natural language processing to build out, take all those words, take all the thousands and thousands of words that we have written about this draft class, run it through their natural language processing and pull out information that, you know, comparisons looking at the literally hundreds of thousands of words of draft reports that we've done over the past decade plus and say, hey, what can we pull out of this that maybe that that's going far beyond what I as a human can pull out, what I can make retain in my head, in my brain, which isn't that able to retain that much anyway. But Corey, I, you know, I'm giving the short summation. What am I leaving out there before we dive in? We've done this on the pitching one. We're not going to give you as, as deep of a look today, but we did want to, we're going to look at hitters today and what DraftPoint has found about hitters. But before we do that, what else am I missing of to explain to people who just want the shorthand version of why we're talking about DraftPoint, why we're using DraftPoint as we go through this, this draft board? Well, thanks, JJ. Uh, it was so fun the other day. Let's do it again with hitters. So uh, Absolutely. Here's, here's a couple of nuggets that, to, to remember about the tool. Uh, we like to say, yes, it's something you said. There's a bit of a tagline with DraftPoint. So it is something that has been written, has been editorialized, has been described, whether it be inside a Major League Baseball team's repository of draft reports over the years, or whether it's inside Baseball America's thousands and thousands and thousands of scouting reports. The tool looks at what was written, what was said, and does it with an AI approach so that you don't have to remember all of the years of interactions of these players and the AI piece of draft point using the language and just the words itself and no analytics whatsoever on the spin rate, uh, player size, height, just how you describe the skills of that player and the intangibles to bubble up players that are similarly described in this year's draft class. There's a metric of how closely they're described, uh, what their signature looks like in comparison, and who, ho- who has the, the highest propensity for performance going forward out of that. That's basically what DraftPoint does so that J.D. doesn't have to scan his brain for every report he's ever written over the last X number of years. I cannot retain that. I can tell you that right now. Thankfully, DraftPoint can. And that's what we're going to use today. So we are going to take a look at just, we are going to start at the top of the hitter class. You know, it's guys who are at the top. But we want to pull out some interesting information, some interesting comps. I know we always get questions from people Who's a good comp for this player? Who's a good comp for this player? And to be honest, myself, I often shy away from it because, I, to put it bluntly, I, I'm, I, I might give you a comp that's not as, as good a comp as it should be because I'm not thinking of every player I've ever seen or every player I've ever written about. And I'm absolutely not going to be able to give you guys who I may never have written about. And so, that, But 
but DraftPoint can. And so we're going to use that to kind of bring up some of the comparisons that it brings up, which I want to emphasize as we dive into this again, as we did on the pitcher one. That doesn't mean, that kind of means it's, it's kind of a, um, there's a lot of, I would describe them as cautionary tales, but there's also a lot of times where I would describe them as realistic tales. And what that means is, is that DraftPoint is a very neutral observer. Uh, it is easy, even as someone who's been covering this for a very long time, it is very easy to focus on the, you know, to fall in love with prospects as I often do and to focus on the, 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 the upside and the best case scenario. And DraftPoint lays out some of that, but it also looks at it and says, and by the way, there are some cautionary tales too. And I think that's a perfect way to jump into this, which is Heston Kierstad, who is one of the top guys on our draft board, who is, we expect to see, to see him go very quickly in the first round. I would say top 10 is both very possible. And I would say anything later than 15 would be surprising. And again, DraftPoint doesn't make judgments, but it DraftPoint looking at it when it runs all the algorithms and all, it brings up some cautionary tales of Heston Kirstead. There's some cautionary tales here. One of the things that I noticed just kind of diving in on him, Corey, was is when you look at the similar players that it brings up. And again, it's, it's looking not at the stats. It's looking at what we wrote about these players. And some players that I thought were some interesting comparisons that brought up were Colin Moran, Preston Tucker, Adam Brett Walker. Uh, you could maybe even throw a Dustin Renfro in there. There were all guys who were brought up as, as kind of comparisons. Now, that's not because they play the same position, clearly because Colin Moran and Kessie Kierstead don't. But it's bringing up these are all guys who had, you know, big power potential Big arms in a lot of cases, you know, in, in Kierstad's case also, he's, he's definitely a, you know, a, a solid corner outfielder. Colin Moran's case, he's a solid big arm third baseman who, you know, the third, the arm was never a concern at third base. It's some feel for hit, all those things. But in some of these cases, again, Colin Moran is a big leaguer, but it, it is also a useful kind of, he was a top 10 pick uh, as well. An example of a guy who had a big college career, but there were some caution. There's some. There's some. Some reasons for cautions, I guess, is the way I would put it. There, uh, Corey. I, I, how would you put it? Yeah. So what the draft point tool did there was it pulled out a guy like Moran, who really was going to be a big bat, bat first guy. Really, his value was well, he could play a little bit of third base. His value was going to be his bat. He really needed to match. And you know, he he has been the starting short, uh, third baseman for the Pirates for a couple of years but uh, hasn't maybe hit as well as expected. Uh, and when you look at a player that's going to be a top 10 pick uh, and you see the comps of kind of size and swing and power uh, and a little bit of swing and miss in there, um, that's a, it's a really interesting comp to bring out that uh, just says, oh, let's take a little look and we'll dive in a little bit further about this guy. Because, you know, good and bad, uh, draft point really doesn't care. We're, we're not the arbiter of that. We'll just show you the comps and give you propensity on that. And when I look at it, it also has a signature tool that we can kind of use for this. And mm -hmm. some, of the, some of the signatures that are kind of coming up for this, that kind of put them in this family, a track record of hitting, uh, decent athlete, doesn't say great athlete, decent athlete, uh, swing and miss, middle of the order, uh, 70 grade power, uh, pure power, value in the bat. Like these are the kind of terms that DraftPoint's using. And... I would say that a lot of those are 
quite positive terms, but uh, again, what uh, DraftPoint doesn't care. It looks at it and says that may be a positive term, but some of these, the track record that, that players who've had these terms tied to them in the past hasn't been as, uh, as encouraging. Is, is that a, a fair way to, to describe it? I would definitely describe it that way. And if you, you know, another guy on the list with the you know, Preston Tucker, um, you know, uh, going to have a bat, going to have some power, um, you know, had a kind of middle of the road career and uh, now not hey. playing in the major leagues. But let me note, <laughs> let me note, Preston Tucker is having one of the best 2020 seasons of anyone we're talking about because he is playing. <laughs> Fair. Very He's fair. in Korea and he is playing. So, you know, so he is uh, exceeding almost anyone else we're talking about. Very, very, that. very, very fair. Very fair. So, you know, Kirstad on that list, it's, it does not, it, we're not saying he's going to have a bad career or a middling career or a Colin Moran career. He just has a, 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 a very similar signature of description of him when he came out of college uh, as, and when he's coming out of college as when Colin Moran did. Again, I, we wanted to talk about another guy who's kind of near the, the, the top of our board, um, another guy who we expect to go in the first round, and, and that's Robert Hassel, you know, high school, you know, prep bat, one of the, uh, the best hitters in this class. Um, in fact, actually, when we did our preseason poll of scouting directors, he was voted as the top pure hitter in this draft class among the prep hitters ahead of Austin Hendrick. Pete Crow Armstrong and other guys like that and track record of success had a really, you know, strong year with uh, USA baseball's 18U last summer. There's a lot to like, um, you know, and Robert Hassel, I, I would say I, there are some interesting players that, that it kind of compares uh, that, that it compares him to, which I, I would say, I, again, these are, uh, they're, they're not all guys who are high school guys, because again, that's not something that, that draft, you know, that, that draft points kind of looking at as much, but it's uh, Lamont Wade, Kevin Newman, uh, Kevin Biggio, Cornelius Randolph, Tyler Naquin. That's an interesting group of guys. Now, again, I know that some of you listening to this are going, some of those guys seem similar and some of those guys seem a little different. And that's absolutely true. But again, draft points looking at the, the overall attributes, would you describe the, what, what draft points sees about Robert Hassel as, as a, a, an encouraging report for Hassel, as a discouraging report, or, or how, how do you see it? We clearly see it as an encouraging report. Uh, he's in our top 10 overall uh, available athletes to be drafted in the first year draft this year. What was interesting to me and striking was, yeah, the, the, when we pulled up his comps, uh, Kevin Biggio is right at the top, and we have Kevin Biggio's high school draft class report that you wrote as well mm -hmm. in there where you said, um, and, and again, here is the commentary a bit on Robert Hassel III this year. He's the 16th overall BA athlete as well, um, top pure hitter in the draft class. He performed well on the showcase circuit for Team USA's under-18 squad. He's got a loose, handsy swing. He's about six feet two. Um, got an all-field approach. Uh, it's got average speed at best. And so it found and it looked through and it said, okay, well, here's the top comp. We're in Kevin Biggio's high school report. You said uh, exactly word for word, one of the best pure hitters in the draft class, uh, performed well on the showcase circuit for Team USA under 18 squad, loose, handsy swing. He's six foot two with an all field approach and average speed at best. So we pulled up very similar signatures to that player coming out of high school. Uh, and that's a really interesting reference as to what we're doing here. 
the, uh, another one that we found that was really interesting that pulled up right up the top when you go to the all years comp is a guy like Jared Kelenic. And Kelenic is a guy that you mentioned in this year's Hassel, Robert Hassel scouting report where you mentioned he has that loose, beautiful swing a lot like Jared Kelenic did. So very similar, loose balance swing performed on the same team USA under eight. Uh, his defense should be just fine for center field. Very, very similar commentary on Robert Hassel as a guy like Kellenic, a guy like Riley Green, or a guy like Kevin Biggio. Those are three guys, you know, again, the, the interesting thing about that is, is that in two of those cases, Riley Green and Jared Kellenic, at the time they were coming out of high school, we viewed them as, as top 10 type talents. Kevin Biggio was not. We had, I think, Kevin Biggio right around 300, expected as he did go to Notre Dame, you know, the son of Craig Biggio came out of Notre Dame and really has been a better pro so far. Um, kind of retooled his swing, done a lot of things, got to his power, and has been a very productive pro so far. But Draft Point kind of saw something in there back when, you know, even looking at his high school report, that like if, when you bring that up, when you read that, it's like, yeah, maybe we should have had him higher than 300 back then. You know, because, again, when we talk about the, the swing and, and all that, those are some very useful attributes. But, yeah, so that's one that Robert Hassel – the comparisons are, are very positive for him, and it compares him to some, some very encouraging potential, uh, which, again, you would expect. He's, he's considered one of the best high school bats in this class. So, so those are two guys kind of near the top of the list. But as we said in the pitcher podcast, one of the things that we think is, is very useful for us, and, man, I'm looking forward to next year when we have 20 rounds, and we can suss out this even a little deeper than we can in a five-round draft, is how it kind of surfaces guys um, as second, third-tier guys who have some interesting attributes as well. And, and one of the guys I wanted to bring up for that is Daniel Suzak, which maybe you don't know a whole ton about Daniel Suzak yet, but you may go, wait, Suzak, if you're listening to this, you may go, that name sounds familiar. Well, yes, this is the, the, the younger brother of Andrew Suzak, who's a big league catcher, you know, uh, on his own, uh, you know, on his own attributes. So there's some catcher bloodlines here. But I, I thought that there were some interesting uh, comparable players, some comparisons that it brought up for, for him, which, and I would say some of them are, are quite positive uh, again. Now, some of these, when you hear them, you may say, ah, oh, is that, you know, that really as positive as you think. But uh, again, you have to remember, Getting where Suzak's going to be picked, we have him ranked 117, I believe, or around there, somewhere around that range on our board. Um, we just tweaked again, so that's why I'm, I'm hedging a little bit on that. A, a guy at that range, you're talking about, okay, if you get a solid big leaguer out of it, that's a really good pick. Mark Zagunis is the most similar player it brings up if you look at what we expect the impact years for Daniel Suzak, which Zagunis you know, also kind of a, uh, a good hitting catcher who ended up moving to outfield. Um, Chad Wallach is another one on there. Now, you go a little further, I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to become Corey Seager, but Corey Seager is a name that comes up there, which obviously is quite interesting. Although, you know, Garrett Whitley is, is kind of something that uh, is more of a cautionary tale that, that pops up there. But when you, again, when you look at the the signature, the things that it's pulling out. And when you're talking about the, the positives and the negatives, you know, okay, you know, there's in there, there's about some length. Okay. That's not always a positive, you know, and that's one that, that has some kind of concerns with it. Uh, but, you know, good arm action, uh, 
you know, quarterback, you know, athleticism, uh, average defense. There's some, you know, there's some things that when you pull out power potential, there's some words there that, that when you match them up, they, they match up with some, uh, you know, some, some encouraging, some encouraging signs for, for Daniel Suzak, I guess, be the way up there, Corey. Yeah. And I guess you hit the nail on the head when you started to, to just describe that, look, it's it, Suzak's 117th on the BA list. He, you know, he's, he's going to be a, he's going to be a, a day two at best guy here, of course, coming up. And he's going to have, he's going to be a guy that has some power to his game. Uh, he's also a pretty decent receiver as catcher and good, good defense on, on his side. So he's got a big frame, uh, good defense and can hit the ball pretty well. Uh, you know, guys like Zagunas, um, somewhat similar. Maybe not the power. Zuzak may have a little more power than Zagunas did coming out, as he was described, but both described as uh, potential backstops in the, in the major leagues. And Suzak's game's got a little bit to go, but he also, the reason that he's comp with Seegers, they, they both are described as big physical frame guys, about 6'3", as a matter of fact, the exact same size right now coming out as they were coming out with plenty of strength and a great defender. Uh, and so uh, agnostic of the position, there are some skill attributes that DraftPoint pulled out and said, yeah, those guys can, I can see a bit of some similar skill qualities amongst those two players. So I, I'm bringing up this next guy, another catcher, partly because I kind of like him as a prospect. And then I'll say, you know, that, okay, that I, I would say that what it spits out on DraftPoint kind of reminds me of some ways that maybe this kind of um, could go a little, uh, you know, a little differently uh, than maybe I'm projecting out. Caleb Emsoff, who was having a great, and I do mean great, start to the season for Arkansas Little Rock before everything was shut down. He was hitting 417, 527, 800. Uh, He had homered in five of his past seven games. There are a few players who were more disappointed by, uh, by the season shutting down when it did than, than Emshoff, especially because coming off of a year where he had Tommy John surgery, still having to kind of come back as, um, you know, to full strength as a catcher. And one of the questions is, is what he did this year was very far beyond what he had done so far in his college career. And so you have that question, how much of this is a real jump in his ability and kind of that jump that, that takes him to the next level and how much of it is a guy who had a good uh, effectively three or four weeks and never kind of had a chance to return to earth because the season ended. And again, he's, he's, he's a guy who we expect wouldn't shock me at all to see him picked on day two, but it's not a a first round guy or anything like that. And the guy that, that jumped out to me, that when I go back and say, okay, so, you know, well, who are some examples of guys that, that, uh, that it kind of brought up in, in draft point and said, here's who this guy is. Well, one of the first guys it, it brought up was Austin Bossert, which, and again, I know that there are some people there who are going to say Austin who, you know, but Austin Bossert, who basically has kind of been a guy who's, who's bounced around a little bit. You know, he was a, a 14th rounder out of Penn. But when you read his draft report, again, he was lower on our board that year than Ensoff is this year. But sound receiver, you know, quick twitch lower half, uh, loose wrist, and really had had a monster senior season in his case. Hit 358 that senior season. But it came after, you know, that was really kind of far beyond what he had shown 
before that, and I, I just, again, I use him as kind of a, a reminder of, you know, of kind of what can happen with these players. Is Bossert hasn't been terrible in the minors by any stretch, but, but really he ended up being kind of more of that minor league backup catcher, I would say. You know, he was a Philly, now he's a Met, and still could end up having a, a, a big league career, but he's not a top prospect by any stretch anymore. And I just, again, it's useful for me to have reminders of guys who, oh, yeah, you know, again, doesn't mean it's a one-to-one correlation, but is a guy who, who kind of offers that reminder of, hey, as, as much as I want to get excited about a guy like this, here are some cautionary tales, reminders of other guys who have some similar attributes, and it doesn't uh, end up going the, the way that maybe I would have, you know, thought about it as we talk about this guy as a potential fourth or fifth round pick. Um, again, Corey, the thing I would, you know, I, I like using the signature tool, but you know, it, 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 it's, it's interesting when we talk about it, I'll just throw this out as kind of, you know, that you can maybe explain why this is, but one of the attributes that says impress scouts, impress scouts is actually appears, you know, on a, you know, in a, on a regular basis in our reports over the years. And that's not a positive term. I don't know what it is. You know, again, that's where you can maybe explain it better than I can. But DraftPoint looks at that and says, hey, we look at other guys who it says he impressed scouts. And yeah, that's not necessarily always a, a good thing, I guess. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up, JJ, because the point of this being, I, I, when, if it says, if a, if a term like impressed scouts is written down in your scouting report, we don't care that it would be normally thought of as a positive comment because it's just going to look at all the, po- the past scouting reports where you wrote out and you had to literally say, this guy, uh, Caleb Emshoff, impressed scouts with his, you know, X, Y, and Z attribute. You may have said that about numerous other scouts and scouting reports in the past, and they didn't pan out. It doesn't, we don't care whether it, it was a, what you would think would be a positive comment. We just look at how else you've described these players in, in the past. And it could be that by describing attributes, you don't need to say the actual term he impressed scouts. You just describe how the player performed. Could very well be that in past past scouting reports. That again, that's one of the things I love about this. I'm I want, I'm going to drive by on this one. It's the guy a little higher up on our list, but I just thought this comp was too good not to bring up. Um, Justin Foscue, who's one of the again one of the better college bats, especially better college infield bats in this class the mississippi state uh i would say star this year again very short season one of the players it brings up for foscue very high up for him is ian happ and as soon as i heard that now again they have some differences but as soon as i heard that i was like oh wait a second there's some things there and and what to me kind of what is there is you have these two i would say really solid hitters you know, uh, we project Foscu as an above-average hitter. Uh, going back to you know, to uh, to Hap, we uh, we projected him as a plus hitter, average power. We projected Foscu as an above-average hitter. There's kind of a you know, he has plus raw power. Question of how much he'll get to it. Um, both of them have you know, kind of some defensive versatility, but both of them are kind of that that second base. You could play him in the outfield. You could play him in, in third base, at third base if you wanted to, kind of bat first college profile. I just thought that was such a, uh, you know, a, a very useful 
uh, a, a guy, when I saw that, I had not really thought about it. But at the same time, once you see it, I'm like, oh, you know, I, if you told me that Justin Foscue had kind of an Ian Happ type career, yeah, I, I, I buy that. I, I think that that's a, uh, a, a useful kind of, of one to look at. Now I'm going to throw one to you, which is another one along those lines where it wasn't a comparison I'd ever really thought about. But, okay, if I was describing Michael Lorenzen, a few, you know, especially coming out of high school, but even when he was coming out of college, we're talking about a two-way player who you know, is athletic, can hit, can give you defensive value, a gamer. And oh yeah, by the way, he can run it up to you know high nineties off the mound. He was the the you know he was the the, the closer you know on, on his college team as well. Well, who in this year's class, Corey? Does that kind of uh, what is that? At least I'm not saying to you, but I will say to Draft Point. Who does that to Draft Point? Is like, hey, we've got one of those in this year's class. Yeah, it nailed this one. I think it's the very top of our uh, what what we're describing or we're, we're categorizing as a pitcher side of it. But he could also have been uh, as a uh, an outfielder, a guy like Jared Jones. That's who in draft point thinks looks a lot like Michael Lorenzen or vice versa. And if you look at the way that uh, Baseball America described Jared Jones this year, who's their 39th overall, said he could be a two way player, elite athleticism huge arm strength, big power, uh, above average runner, uh, also a dominating fastball and a sharp slider. Uh, it pulled Lorenzen up right there as its top comp with a high degree of similarity, confidence, loud tools, two-way player, above average raw power in the outfield with a bazooka arm, 93 to 97 mile an hour fastball on the mound and an above average breaking pitch. That's a very similar guy. And this was the description of him in high school, the same as Jared Jones. Doesn't mean they're going to be the same players, but uh, those that evaluated them think there are a lot of similarities. Again, that was one that jumped out, and I'm like, I had not thought of it, but you know what? I, I'm on board. That's an interesting kind of comparison. The, the last one I wanted to bring up, this is, again, this is the guy, this is what we're talking about, the, the value of how we like to use draft point, where, you know, I'm looking forward to, to using it for years to come for, for us at BA is – is this is a guy who I can't promise you he's going to get drafted, you know, this, uh, but we still want to talk about him because the draft point tool finds some things to be very interested uh, about in, in Noah Bridges, which, and, and I, I bring that up. I want to point out it's UNC Wilmington outfielder. It's not saying that Noah Bridges is going to be a star, but it says there's some attributes here that we really like in Noah Bridges. Corey, you, you kind of, you know, we've gone through this together, so I'll just kind of kick it to you. What yeah. is it that it is kind of jumped out about Noah Bridges that makes kind of draft point well, go, huh, there's something interesting here? Perfect. And let me, let me step back one, one minute and add on to what you said a moment ago, because the value of draft point for, well, for you, for, for BA, is to help identify some players that we may have either had overranked, highly, too highly ranked, or underrated, uh, some sleepers, um, discussion points, people like Lorenzen, and the last one that, that, Came, bubbled up to your mind based on what we were surfacing for a, a for the major league teams that use draft point it really helps them find sleepers in the later rounds that they were not thinking about that they had described similarly in the past with their scouting team it helped them it helps them identify and validate players that they already liked or helps them kick players down the list a bit that maybe they had overvalued based on the way that they described other players in their neighborhood but this guy noah bridges 
he, he's our, our tool really likes him uh, because we think he lives in a neighborhood that with some other players that have the similar tools of him, not a ton of tools, no super plus tools, but a guy like Mike Yastrzemski, a guy who is having a, having a major league career who took a while to get there. But the way that you described him in the past was an outfielder with no plus tools, a very savvy player, one of the top base runners in the SEC with a, a line drive stroke, not a ton of power. Um, Noah Bridges, the way you described this guy, who's down the list on the BA top uh, 500 quite a bit, but a potential sleeper here. He's a 70-grade speedy outfielder. Uh, he's got a high percentage of steal rate and a very contact bat. Uh, if he hits, he's got game-changing speed on the bases. Uh, so a lot like Mike Yastrzemski or perhaps even a, a Trent Grisham, who you described as a really speedy outfielder with a contact bat at the time of his draft as well. And so if you're looking for I, I, guys I like that may be in a good neighborhood, there you go. I like Steven Duggar, which is another guy it brings up, because basically yeah. Duggar was seen as, um, you know, some real defensive value can really, uh, you know, can really, I mean, again, 70 runner, center fielder, defensive value, questions about the bat. That's, That's it. That to me is, is the world that Noah Bridges lives in. And it's a That's good, it. you know, and again, we bring that up, not because Steven Duggar is, you know, that, uh, you're listening to this and going, man, that guy turned out to be a, you know, a, a seven-time All-Star. We're bringing it up because Noah Bridges is kind of a, uh, you know, it, again, multi-sport athlete also, you know, all that. He's the kind of guy who's like, no, we're saying just file away, though. Noah Bridges, there, there's something there, and that's what is kind of surfacing out of this. And, and again, that's what we're trying to use this for. It's not something where – we're taking draft boy, and this is not what Corey and his guys are, are saying we should do. It's not that you say, okay, we'll tear up the draft board because, uh, you know, this is what it says about Noah Bridges. It's saying, let's take a second look at this guy. Huh, what are these attributes? Why is it like him? Okay, that's great. Let's dive into it a little further. Let's make another call. Let's do those kind of things. And that's what I, I love using this for. Um, it's, you know, uh, again, it's something where, if you're enjoying this, check out the site. We're going to have some pieces where kind of diving in and breaking down some of this a little bit further on, on baseballamerica.com as we get in the lead up to the draft. If you're enjoying this, also, we're rolling out more mock drafts before the draft rolls around. Carlos Colazzo is working the phones literally as we speak. As Corey and I are talking, Carlos is on calls right now, talking to scouting directors, talking to agents, getting the scoop on what's going to happen in the draft, which – I can now say the soon-to-be-here draft, which it seems crazy. We have something really to focus on baseball-wise in the States that is really happening now. And there is something, uh, you know, it, 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 is, it is something where it's, it's something we spend all year leading up to, and it'll be here before we know it now, literally before we know it. Corey, is there anything that, you know, is there another guy or is there anything I left out that you wanted to touch before I wrap this up here? JJ, I think that's pretty good uh, for today on the hitters. We dove into quite a few of them that I've uh, noticed myself that said I didn't think of that player until I dove in and saw the, uh, the comparable language and signature. Um, I've enjoyed doing these, and I'm looking forward to the draft coming too, just like everyone else each year. This is a, uh, it's a really fun time leading up to it. Well, thank you, Corey. Thank you again. We've really enjoyed diving in with DraftPoint. We're going to keep putting more stuff up with us over the next uh, – in the, in the week lead up to the, to the draft, to the 2020 draft, all five rounds of it. For Corey, I'm JJ. So long, everybody. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.